Hi, I'm Amanda, and it is what it is. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to It Is What It Is. I took a little two-week break, but I'm back this week, and I have a guest. And this guest is someone who has been a very big part of my own healing journey. Um, I've been so fortunate to have participated in several of her breathwork sessions. And so with that, I would like to introduce Tracy Holmeyer. She is a life coach, breathwork facilitator, meditation guide, she does all the things, and she just has this way of creating a safe, um, supportive, loving space for people that I really can't put into words. You just kind of have to experience it yourself. So with that, welcome, Tracy. Hi. Hi. Yeah, no, that's so. it's so funny uh, because no matter what modality I'm using, breathwork particularly, having to describe the feelings and the sensations in the body as we as we move through our healing process is is one that even the most articulate beings on the earth get hooked by and they're like i don't know how to formulate this into words so so right on the money there and i don't think we're supposed to right it's the felt sense and we can talk about that later but you know i just thank yeah. you for having me and and it's an honor uh really watching and experiencing your journey specifically, whether it's on a podcast or just to jam with you, honoring how far you've come in the, along with the commitment, right? The, the distance that you've been able to, to come as a result of your commitment to yourself and your healing. And that's not to say it doesn't wane (laughs) or, or get hard or sticky or patches where we're like, F this, I'm out, you know, I can't do this today. Uh, but healing's not supposed to be a full-time job. You know, it's supposed to be something we return to consistently enough so that it continues without our uh, um, precise focused effort. So I just want to say, you know, well done to you as well um, for how far you've come. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And the healing not being a full-time job, I um, I needed that for sure. <laughs> I needed that reminder today. It, it, listen, we all do. It's <laughs> something that comes up uh sporadically right and we do need that reminder at different junctures along the path because we we can get in that if i'm not attending to this if i'm not if i'm not got my hands you know in the middle of whatever i'm i'm working on that it'll fall to pieces and what happens is 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 no different than like a job you get burnout Mm. from it you get uh, feelings of, of stagnation and getting stuck or looping and things like that. We have to, our, our mind is not created to go more than like an hour and a half on anything, let alone the inner workings, the, the mm-hmm. inner landscape and taking those little breaks. You know, I, I sometimes will, um, 
make it or, or speak to it as like that simmering pot on the back burner mm. that doesn't need you to consistently stir it or open the lid every five minutes or whatever, but it does need you to check, you know, how much is in there, how much is burned off and that the temperature is still right for it, that nothing is, 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 is problematic or drying out or whatever, but that it continues to work without that happening mm. also, right? It's that that slow simmer, that slow burn, that that's spontaneous and natural because it knows we're going to come back to it. Mm. It knows that we're coming back and that we've made this commitment because we've built that self-trust by showing up enough, you know, in the beginnings of the inner work where it's like two by fours, everyone, oh, geez, what's happening here? You know, that kind of thing. Then you keep showing up for that, builds that self-trust with the healing process that it can continue whether you are, uh, got you your thumb right on the pulse of it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Really like that. Um, and I think I struggle with, um, not just the, not it being a full-time job part, but the integrating part, the practicing, like giving myself enough time to actually settle in to the new things that I've learned. I struggle with that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important. I spoke to this the other day on Instagram that as we do these openers, these expanders, I like to call them where we are reacclimating and orienting to the way our system is designed as a human. Um, we have to regulate the nervous system to that sense of sensitivity. Mm-hmm. We are, we were not designed to numb, to scroll past, to reach for a distraction or avoidance. We were designed to process and, and so much so that, that it's been posited that certain emotions, we should be able to move through the charge within just a few minutes. But when we get hooked by those, those emotions, or we are in a, in a place where we're not taught to or unable to process, then it gets uh, kind of like glazed over or pushed down. You see this a lot in um, like turning on the news and seeing something that hurts your heart and you change the channel or hearing somebody's story and kind of tuning out because it's getting to that place within you that's hard or heavy. And that's a life-saving skill, right? Dissociation is labor. It's got that bad label on it but it's actually a life-saving tool uh, by which we create space from the impact so that we have room to process Mm. when we are not in a place where we can. But what happens is that goes unchecked and unmonitored and the body starts doing it automatically. I don't want to feel this bypass. I don't want to feel this dissociate. I don't want to feel it. Right. And so then we have a backlog of, of, data and material that has to be sorted, worked through, felt, really, you have to really get with. And to your point about the integration time is that once we start that process, there is an urgency to get through it, to get there without the recognition or the nod or the honoring of all the years that it took to create. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, people like we know this so clearly, like at the gym, right? Don't get discouraged. You got to keep doing your reps, but we don't do those same things in real life. And so as we do these expanders and we do these openers, 
our level of sensitivity is returning to normal. It's supposed to ping your system when you see something painful. It's supposed to hurt when somebody doesn't consider you. It's supposed to rock your world when somebody dies, you know? But we are so used to the, to the, to the bypassing and the dissociation that we don't check that we've actually gone through it. We think we, oh, okay, well, I'm on the other side of it <laughs> without doing the work. And so that just becomes a habit. So we do these openers, we do these expanders, we have to regulate the nervous system to that sensitivity once again. We have to normalize and, and instead of a desensitization to it, we have to get with the sensitivity as the new normal. Mm. And that part can feel like the challenge in the integration process because the nervous system is is uh, been been utilizing those protection mechanisms for a lot. It's like, oh no, 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 I'm I'm all set. Just go ahead and reach for that wine <laughs> bottle again. That's cool with me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so and and honoring that it is a process. It's a real thing that you're speaking to. That that the time to integrate. We want results now. We want to be better now. We are we are burning out because we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. When it is letting it be on the back burner, doing the life things that it is still in process all along. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. We're going to get into more, but first I'm going to do a book pull from um, Fresh Piece. So let's see. I love this. This I've never seen this happen before. I do it myself. I have like four books right here (laughs) that I, that I go to and reach to, but I've never done it on a podcast. That's fun. Yeah. Um, I think I've read this one before on the podcast, but I guess it it needs to be read again today. Rub your hands together. Feel that heat. Touch, Touch brings heat. Has your soul touched your heart lately? If you would like to warm your heart in this often cold world, fortunately, you may always take advantage of your interior space heater, your soul. Too often, we treat our hearts like kites, flying them at a distance in the breeze of worldly soullessness. Like this, our hearts are barely attached to us and only only fly by a flimsy string. Maybe it would help if we treated our hearts like windows we continuously open to fresh spring air. That air is the soul. We have been designed as matchmakers with only a few pre- precious matches to make. Our most blissful moments seem to happen when we say, My dear heart, I would like to once again introduce you to my closest friend. I am sure you two belong together. It is my great pleasure pleasure to introduce you to my soul. That is so nice. I love that. I want to. I want to pause with that. Yeah. For us and for for future listeners, and just just really consider for a second the ways in which you block your heart and your soul access to one another. Mm. In the ways that sometimes has felt out of need but then sometimes has felt as, as that, as that bypass, Mm -hmm. because there's a recognition between the soul and the heart. That's like, um, checks and balances. Am I in alignment here with what's happening in my body and the decisions that I'm making outside of my body? Mm. I love that. It was really beautiful. And, and it really, you know, I, my work is in the energetics of what's happening in the body, what's happening in the body as a result of the, 
the downloads from the outside world and how we process that energy through, um, hopefully, to the well-being of our of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And an interesting thing um, that I I read, gosh, it hasn't been that long ago, but um, and I don't even this terrible. I don't even remember which language it translated into, but soul actually translates to psyche. Hmm. in certain languages. And so I think there's this detachment that happens. I remember for myself, at least in, in my most anxiety ridden times where my mind became the enemy, right? I didn't label it as anxiety was the liar, but my brain, the malfunctioning part of Hmm. this human was the enemy, the, the bad one. And so it got, um, labeled as such and almost exiled punished you know there was punitive response to the way my mind worked Mm -hmm. and it that created a chasm a space between um the inclusivity Mm -hmm. that it that it requires to have all things Mm -hmm. on board and you see this showing up in ways in which like you're making a choice that is out of alignment with your intuitive truth and knowing Mm -hmm. so um i this job would make me feel successful and I would, and I want it. And then the part of your body that goes, no, you don't, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. (laughs) That's soul sucking. Right. Or partnership where we see somebody that's just like everything we ever wanted, but they have a fundamental, uh, uh, part of their life that doesn't align with ours or participating in a group that, helps you feel like you belong, but is eating away at certain parts of your value system. And so it's, we, we cannot fight those outside things if we're not inclusive of like human soul spirit, right? So much, the somatics of the body, the psyche is included in that. Our brilliant brains get to be included. They get to be loved on even for what feels like shortcomings or, Mm or attacks against us in some ways. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that you shared that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love, um, I have at least four different books. I don't pull from them all every day, but just kind of open them and see, see what they have for me. Um, so I would love for you to tell us more about you. Like what's your story? How'd you end up being this? (laughs) It's a a layered one. (laughs) Uh, yeah, the cliff notes, right, is like hardship and difficulty and loss and, and a disconnection from the blueprint I was sent here with in this soul and a believing that I was the, what the world told me. It was the stories that people gave me. And then a culmination of dark night also known as dark months or years of the soul, um, a, a near brush with losing something that was the most precious thing in the world to me. And um, the growing discomfort of living a life out of what I just spoke to that alignment, uh, basically body slamming me mm. all at once to the earth and going, go ahead and try to get up again. 
and keep doing what you're doing. I was listening to um, Francis Weller on a, on a talk he gave, and he was speaking to this, this guy that came to see him um, in his office for counseling therapy. And, you know, the guy had had a heart attack and he was having a real hard time uh, working with this new reality of being a heart attack survivor. And he said something to the effect of like, I just want to get back to normal. And Francis Weller responded with, and waste a perfectly good heart attack, <laughs> right? Not looking at the fact that your actual heart, which your, your poem just beautifully uh, reconnected us to, attacking you, attacking your entire livelihood, right? Mm -hmm. There's something to look at. And so that was kind of the, the, the culmination of all of that, 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 that I had had this ongoing trauma and, and living as a shell of myself and very disconnected and out of alignment and, and all of those things. And then, but I continued to do so. And so these other experiences came in and, and really whipped me into shape. And I had started, you know, the, the healing process probably five or six years before this, this particular set of circumstances. And I, I can honestly say I did most of it wrong, which I'm grateful for because uh, doing it wrong set out a tone, a navigational beacon of what, what I didn't want to repeat. So I had to screw it up a whole lot before I got it right. And I was very unskilled at that. It, was, it, it wasn't that I was bad or wrong. I just was unskilled. And, and then these, these events really said, you know, it was like, how do I model healing? If I want, if I want these, these people or, or, or the losses in my life to be righted or better, how am I modeling that for them? How am I modeling a healing process in a way that ripples out into the world? And the truth was, is that I wasn't. I really wasn't. And um, so all of that led me to um, getting coaches and going back to therapy yet again, and then deciding that the way I was living my life was not congruent with my gifts and my natural um, uh, I had a navigational, like a, like a due north, right? I always had this certainty about my due north, and I only felt it when I was in service to others. And so then I started my coaching practice and then I started um, working like deeper in the trauma field and learning, um, doing all the courses and certifications, you know, speaking to imposter syndrome, like, oh, I'm not enough yet. Right. And taking more courses and onboarding more learnings. And I got to know everything in order to help anybody. Right. That kind of a kind of a story, which was a which was the healing process in itself. And um, and then and then came breath work let me go back to, I, I had started meditating when I was in an abusive relationship. It started meditating about 20 years ago now. And, uh, uh, it was an escape, you know, from, from my situation, my story. And I always had that thread that I knew that there was something in there, but when your life is kind of crumbling around you going in, into that crumbling it's like a no 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 let's go into a bottle or let's go into a bed with a, another human or let's go into the gym five times a day and and exercise myself to oblivion you know those kind of things um and so i returned to all of that over the course of the years um i had started doing uh 
uh, meditation workshops, the coaching, you know, certifications and all of that. And then um, when I got to breath work, it was a, it was a stumbling into, but, but it was there. It had been there waiting. Come on, pay attention, do this. And when I finally said yes to it, it um, really was transformational in the healing work that I was doing. I, I really had a desire to offer it to the world, but my body knew that I had to embody it before I could do any such thing. Mm. And, um, you know, along the way I had, I had written a blog and I had this website and, you know, was helping people and, uh, coming into communal spaces. And I was still doing a lot of trainings and certifications and, uh, and working in somatics and then getting more coaches to help guide me. You know, it's like in Reiki, for example, you, you get, uh, you go through Reiki one and then you get an attunement before you can go into Reiki two. And that attunement is like the check to up level your system. Are you ready to step into this new world? And it's very mm -hmm. similar. You know, there's so many structures that work like that. I had trained martial arts for years and you start out at one belt level and you work up to trade for it. And you're like, yes, I've accomplished this. And then the next bit of training starts before you can go up again. Um, it's the way our, our, our school system, which not giving credit to all the teachers listening, but not the school system itself um, in most cases, but it is, it's a, it's a leveling up, you know, you, you learn everything and then you graduate and you're like, I'm on top of the world. And then you're like, Oh shoot, I don't know anything after all. Right. And you get into the next class. And that's kind of how that's been for me until it started to settle. And I started having some reflections on the, the urgency, the reach for certain certifications, certain accolades, certain achievements was starting to dilute my gifts mm. and pull me out of learning somebody else's system or how they worked it in the world was putting kind of a wet blanket over, over my own lane. So, so just to put that out there, right. It's, it's really important if you are all in a thing, to, to get trained on it, to know what you're doing, to get whatever certification is necessary, especially if you're holding space or ground for other people. And sometimes that certification process is the imposter syndrome working in the back going, you're not there yet. You're not there yet. You know, that kind of thing. And it dilutes, it dilutes the goodness that you get to bring into the world. Mm. So uh, yeah, that's kind of the not cliff notes version of, <laughs> of, the, the, the story, you know, there's heartbreak and there's loss and there's devastation and there's despair. And then there's glimpses of, of divinity and hope and joy along the way. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really wild to sit and consider that I'm living a life of my dreams and I'm 43. There's still time, <laughs> right? There's still evolution to come. But it's, it's, you know, it's not just making it through. It's not just trudging through. It's working with the data that's here, unburdening myself from things that I learned, and then creating such clarity within my, um, in this human form that I am even capable of, that I have the space to hold others in their process too. Wow. 
so many things that you've said so far. I'm like, man, I really needed to hear that. Mm, I need to hear that too. And it was uh, kind of funny how you said when you were still in your abusive relationship and you started meditating. And um, I remember right before I left my abusive marriage, I, I had started to do the work like little bits and pieces at a time. And then after I had left and I was in my own apartment, it was actually after one of your breathwork sessions. I remember laying there and being like, I would have never been able to do something like this if I was still with him. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made the time for myself. He wouldn't have let me have the time. The TV would have been blasting. The dogs would have been barking. Like it wouldn't be able to happen. So uh, it's just, it was just funny that you said that. And I like, I remember that very clearly. That was about a year ago, really. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and it speaks to, uh, one of those one of those things right there is like a, a hierarchical uh, uh, or foundational piece that has to be in place before we can do the work. I think a lot of people are like, I'm going to commit to a gratitude practice or I'm going to journal every day. But their lifestyle is so out of attunement with that as a as a as a desire that they that they fall short. You know, it's like I always I always give up on my like resolutions or, or decisions or, or, you know, I'm going to blah, 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 blah. But if those foundational, it's like, you know, I think I heard it spoken to as like uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? If those basic needs aren't met, if you're not safe, you can't go into places that are tender and vulnerable and raw, right? That's my job, my work. One of the greatest gifts that moves through through me is the, the creating that safety to even go there, mm-hmm. you know, and you spoke to that, you know, beautifully in the beginning around having that space held for you, helped amplify the work you were doing because you really cannot, if you are not in a, in a safe environment, you know, and I joke and, and funny sidebar, right. But, but you can't, you can't talk about how you feel if you got to poop, right? You can't, <laughs> you can't, you know, like, it, it's like, I want, I want to breathe, but I haven't eaten all day. Mm. Right? I want to, I want to sit and meditate and, and you got to pee halfway through. You're not going to get there with those basic, let alone like your safety and, and, and lack of support and things like that happening in your life. You know, it's just, it's not realistic and it's a pressure that we put on ourselves and let society, oh, just, just breathe. Oh, go meditate. Go do a sound bath. Girl, you'd be straight after that. No, actually not. Yeah. Especially if you go to do it and feel the high and then return to that kind of chaos and, and like craze in your life. Yeah. What a gift you've given yourself to be able to heal. Well, and a, and a gift that you've given me several times. I mean, I, uh, I know I've, I've shared this before after the sessions, but like sometimes I fall asleep and I know that we've talked about how on one hand that, that could be, a trauma response. I think you've told me before, Mm -hmm. uh, just like too much, let's go to sleep. Um, but I think sometimes 
that's just what I needed to do. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. And there is a beauty to, I mean, think about that, right? I am in a group session. I am on a computer screen with another person being able to view me and I'm still capable of feeling so safe that I can fall asleep in that, yeah. in that energy. Um, and sometimes it is a trauma response. Sometimes there is a full shutdown of where you're trying to get to and the, the body will, <laughs> the body is so wise it is remarkable when we sit and that's a lot of my work, uh, whether in person or on a screen is watching the soma through my soma. So body to body, I connect energetically and can just say, Hey, check out your right shoulder right now. Like what's happening in your right shoulder. And, and actually, right. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little, it's a little hitched or there's a little bit of pressure. There some, some buzzing or whatever. And, and really tuning into that because the, the way it can feel really inconvenient and, and nobody likes pain. And it probably started out as a tiny little, Hey, notice me that we didn't listen to, or we bypassed mm -hmm. or we're like, Oh, I just got some shoulder pain, whatever. And then it starts to get louder and louder and louder until it's screaming. But then you think you you need to treat the, the pain rather than what it's trying to show you or offer you the material and the mm -hmm. data that it's representative of. Yeah. So yeah, it is, it is. And, and those, all of those components have to be there. So many people feel like they're not succeeding at this, but the, it's stacked against them. Mm. You know, the healing doesn't start with like, all right, I'm ready to process my uh, childhood now. Right. It's like developing an attunement and safety within yourself with the, with your guide or your, or your therapist or coach or all of the above, which I highly recommend. Um, and then, and then slowly starting to titrate into those experiences. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, spend a little bit of time. Like maybe if we could do like the breath work one oh one, um, maybe for someone who, has either never heard of it or has heard of it and is not really sure what it is. Yeah. I trust yeah, you can explain so, that better than me. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I mean, you, you have a firsthand account of it, so that would be useful as well. Um, breath work is an ancient modality of using the breath to heal ourselves. Um, the body is a, a self-sustaining healing machine uh, that we have just gotten away from tuning into its wisdom to know the breath is, is, a, is a door in to that self-healing possibility. Uh, no different than any other modality as far as it's an opportunity to go in and go deeper, but different in the sense that it is more transformational than many other modalities. And what I mean by that is like, you can come to like nirvana in meditation. Okay? Um, you can come across parts of yourselves that, that needs to be healed. You can notice and, and recognize um, the, the past traumas of your life and the experience that left you overwhelmed, stressed, uh, wounded. But there's very few of those modalities that give you a... A, a formula to transform them, right? We all, healing is possible for everything. And the breath helps us transform whatever happened to us into, um, it's almost like this symbiotic relationship where you have this entity that it is, 
it's not you, but it happened to you. So it's an organism all on its own. And then the parts of your body that that impacts and the breath kind of brings those two together. All right, this happened. I can get with this in a way that helps me heal and transform it and transmute it into how I want to move differently in the world. So I'll give you a quick example. I had um, an experience in my, well, several, in my abusive relationship where, um, and this can be activating for some, I don't personally like the word triggers. I like to recognize that there are activations based on hearing things. So if you do activate, just holding space for that, uh, of being choked. And I had worked on that to the degree that it wasn't uh, so consuming right? I had healed um, physically from it. I had worked the emotional wound to it, but there were times when I still couldn't wear like a tight necklace, right? Mm. I had healed what happened, but there were remnants of what happened still in my body and its responses to things or reactions to things. In breath work, I was able to go in and, and reclaim that part of myself separate from what happened to her, uh, annihilate the who and the how and, and the what happened. I, I, I had a visual of physically removing hands from my neck mm-hmm. and like standing up for her, reclaiming her, bringing her back to this future, this future, this present moment that I am in now. And from then, I mean, it was like almost instantaneous that things that used to like make me kind of a jerk or that I was sensitive to, you know, even like my niece or nephew hugging my neck too tight would Mm. activate that part of me was gone. Wow. Was gone. And it hasn't been back since. So breath work, that's like something it can do, right? It's a modality towards healing and transforming, um, what happened to you into fuel for your future, Hmm. but it is, it is simply using the breath to go in, activate and unlock stored and stuck energy and release it. So that's like the shortened version of what I just described. And we use the breath. There are many different types of patterns you can use. There are blends of patterns that you can use. Um, you know, there's, there's what, like, like Wim Hof, where he does it in conjunction with cold water uh, exposure. There are others that do it with heat. There are others that only do one breath pattern, you know, like a three-part breath, and that is all they do from start to finish, and then you're up and out, you're good. And then, you know, they're like how I learned is to actually journey with the breath. We come into mm-hmm. the body, we slow down, we, we um, start to activate the breath in a safe way, paced and at the body's um, choice and desire. We, we open ourselves to the, the other cool thing that happens is it gives the mind something to do. Oh, I have to do the breath this way. So mm-hmm. the body's like, it's a cool trick to like, here, brain, think about this. You can only think about one thing at a time. So think about how you're breathing. Meanwhile, the body's over there restoring, restoring itself um, and healing itself. And then we come out of it into a meditation. So for people who've like tried meditation and they can't get into it, it's also a great door in to the body when it's hard to, to quiet the mind uh, for just a gentle meditation. And at the end is really when like, there's a lot of profundity to it because we sit in that space that we created for it all to matter. 
and get to hold and bear witness to what comes forward for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that what you were looking for? I want to make sure I was. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's different, there's different, all different types out there, and it's and and people are remembering. We're waking up to this wisdom. It is ancient, right? There is credit going back um, thousands and thousands of years. Um, and so, so making sure that you are held in the space of somebody who is honoring the, the practices, you know, it's like with, with yoga, like honoring the lineages that it comes from Reiki, same thing. These ancient modalities really do need, they, they demand command and deserve respect. And, um, you know, for me, I, I did the course I did because it was trauma informed and it had that lens of what I had already, it was like a medicine available to the traumas that, you know, had done all my own work and then went through trauma certifications as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know, I know you and I talked about this a little bit, but I've now had, I've not done one-on-one -on -one breath work, but I have done virtual and in person and, and you and I, my dogs are being ridiculous. Go lay down. <laughs> um, we talked about sort of the differences and not that, I don't think one is, is better than the other. They're just different. Um, so if you could kind of speak to that a little bit, the difference between one-on-one uh, -on -one and group and then groups virtually and groups in person. Yeah. So um, first I'll talk a little bit to the energy between online and in person, because there is a, it, what feels like um, an amplification or a charge to the in-person that you don't always get in um, a, like a Zoom, you know, or an online session and things like that. That's not actually true. There is an energetic exchange regardless of if we can feel it or not. It's just the blocks within us that don't allow us to experience, right? I can energetically touch you the same way I can ener actually physically touch you it's just that we're attuned to physical touch, hmm. right? For people who have uh, a wound to their physical touch, the energetic is actually feels a lot safer sometimes, right? So it's just all about that. Now I will say for most of us that the blocks in the way of feeling energy, um, whether we're in person or, you know, across the world, uh, there is a nod to the community aspect, the, the felt sense of being held physically in the same space as another person that, that kind of feels like an up level, you know, because you're bringing in more, the energy doesn't change, but you are adding in the sensation of human contact. Mm. So, so that can be a difference there. Um, and then, and then the potency can feel a little more, uh, a little deeper when you combine, you know, those two, like the energy is there, the belonging to the space is there, all of those different things. And then as far as group versus one-on-one, -on -one, you know, group experience holds a field of energy and there's a field between two people, but it's, it's, um, it's much more like that infinity between two bodies versus a field of bodies. And so what I've noticed in group is it casts a wider net mm. where we might not always, we might 
feel the intensity of that, but we might also not be certain of like how or where we fit in it. And then in a one-on-one, -on -one, it's often structured around your specific needs versus like a blanket need, right? I could do my online uh, community is, you know, one, one week it could be for self-forgiveness and the next week we're doing inner child and then it's the divine feminine and then it's, you know, uh, power and, and clarity and things like that. Um, and people come to those like, oh yeah, I could use a dose of that. That sounds good. That, that feels like a good medicine for me. Whereas if it's a one-on-one, -on -one, we really get in your system to say, what is it that you actually need to, to pull? What threads do we need to pull on with this breath um, for healing? Yeah. Yeah. And so when you have those, um, those group sessions with those specific uh, areas of focus, I've, I've been experimenting personally with like, I'll either I'll show up with a specific intention in mind related to that subject or I just kind of show up and say you know whatever whatever needs to happen today needs to happen um and that that's been fun to play with just um, yeah for sure the intention behind it my open intention because it's very possible to come in and say all right this is what I need to work on and it's also very possible for the body to go that's cute <laughs> and this is what we're actually gonna do right like oh yeah. You, you so you, you know, and then, and then whatever needs to come forward does. Uh, and it's a fun practice to sit with. Um, and I think this might've, I think you were on uh, the session we did this in, but the question was kind of like, you know, posing what it is that, that you really want to, what part of you wants to come forward, what you want to feel and noticing what the heart responds with and what the head responds with. Mm. Yeah. And so, you know, the heart will say, yeah, I think we really need to attune to our 12 year old self. And the mind's like, oh, that's a waste of time. Let's, let's do something that we like need to work on right now. Mm. You know, like how to deal with the pain in the ass boss, you know, or something like that. And it's like those, the, the heart might actually be saying, Hey, that's how we're gonna work um, with yeah. that boss. Yeah. You know, so then returning back to not letting the mind just override that, but becoming just some sort of agreement or understanding between the two. Yeah. I love that. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to ask about. Oh, um, sort of, are you always laying down when you do this, sitting up? Like, I don't know how to phrase what I'm trying to say, but um, sort of like the position of your body and any like, props or pillows or whatever yeah yeah so like on the the setup for how to do breath work yeah um the, it depends on like the intention the time you have and the intensity of your activation mm. um typically for for me like a shorter um session to i don't know kind of take back my power or say I need a break between getting an email and responding to the email, right? You don't have to be laying down for that. It's simply activating the breath to the degree that, that allows you to like, whoo, taking a breath, taking a break, bringing something back to life, feeling what I feel, that kind of a thing. Um, and then, and then a longer session where you go into the meditation at the end, those I, I encourage and was taught to, you know, was recommended to be, 
laying down or reclined fully supported. And there's a science behind that because when you are upright, like the blood flow to your brain, it can make it feel a little bit like a hyperventilation. Mm. Um, you can get lightheaded or dizzy. You can have, um, you know, headaches or tingling sensations and things like that. It's all perfectly normal, but when you lay your body down, it's not doing as much work to pump through all the different areas, right? It's, 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 it's all on one plane. Um, when you activate the breath that way, you're fully supported, really rare to like get dizzy or, but as soon as people are trying to like sit up and do it, mm. you know, they're like, Oh, I'm so dizzy. I'm so lightheaded. I'm like, lay down. I don't know, you know, that kind of a thing. So yeah, for, for longer sessions, hour long sessions, 40 minute sessions, you want to be, or even longer. Some people do, you know, you could be in breath work for three hours. For yeah. me personally, I, I tap out, you know, with that hour mark. Um, and I, and I structure my sessions to be one hour, including how we go in and how we come out, you know, so there's really only 40 minutes in the, in the sequence of, of the entire breath session and then activation for maybe like 18 to 20 minutes. Uh, I feel like, you know, we, we can exhaust ourselves with it too, if we're not careful. And um, it's powerful. You know, people have remarkable responses in their body. I had a guy message me the other day. I think you've been on a session with him before. And he was like, I, it's like the highest I've ever been in my life in the best way you know, where he really just went at it and he stuck with the breath throughout it and it, it, it transcended his human form into this like very euphoric, you know, spacey almost feeling experience, which was really cool. But it's it's all individual and personal and, and not to not name the parts where we do get blocked or we do fall asleep. It's not a failure if you're not feeling anything, right? It's, mm. it's, it's creating the repetition of safety in the body as you experience the same thing over and over and over that allows you to go unhook. It's safe to do this. And that might be 50 times. It might be two as well. But just naming that if you've, I tried breath work and nothing really happened for me, nothing happening. Like you mentioned, it could be a trauma response too. It's a protection mechanism. It's there. It's not that there's nothing there. You could have healed all your stuff. You could have worked through every year of your life up to this point and you will go into breath work tomorrow and you will feel something <laughs> or you'll feel it the next day, right? Mm -hmm. You've had that experience, right? Where a day or two later, you're like, Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, and I also had the experience of nothing happening. And I think if I had just kind of hung it up at that point, I mean, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation right now. But um, the one of the first sessions I did with you was inner child. And um, I definitely came out of that feeling like, well, that didn't work that nothing mm -hmm. happened. And, and once I reflected on that more, I, I mean, I was definitely trying to take control of a situation where I should have just been just being there and, and allowing whoever, whatever versions of me wanted to come forward. But I was very much trying to like, Hey, do you want to talk to me? Do you want to talk to me? And they were all like, mm, yeah, no but, but I'd argue that it took that experience to teach you how to temper yourself towards expectation. Mm-hmm. Right. If I went out in the sun for three minutes today and, and said, well, I guess I just don't tan well. 
Yeah. Right. Or if I drank a smoothie and was like, what the heck? I still have these lumps on my hips. What <laughs> happened? That didn't work for me. Right. We have this rational understanding of it in those terms. But when it comes to healing, we expect it to be like a snap of a finger, you know? So I think it took that experience saying, oh, okay, I actually really just need to be with this rather than expect that or have an agenda or an outcome that I'm attaching to. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and kudos for continuing because some people do quit. So if you're listening and you quit, come back. We love you. <laughs> we, want, we want to try again, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, it, you know, definitely showed me too to have that, um, uh, I don't, I don't know if sensitivity is the right word, but you know, those, those parts of me that I was trying to connect with are parts that I had not connected with in, in that way ever. And parts that I had sort of left behind a really long time ago. And that, you know, as I reflected on it after the fact that that was part of the reason why, you know, nothing happened, even though something happened, uh, those parts were mad at me for leaving them behind. Like, of course, they're not going to just like run to me with open arms after all this time where I've been suppressing and ignoring. Um, and that's, you know, that's not a judgment. I'm able to see that as for what it is and not, um, well, it's just, like, you know. like we talked about before, it was just unskilled, right? It wasn't, you didn't, intentionally abandon yours. I mean, maybe there were times where you're like, yeah, this is too much. I got to bail on this feeling or whatever, but that's a learned experience too, right? To, to, to not know how to process where you're not taught how to come into communion with ourselves. And that's what it takes. You have to gain that trust back. You're exactly mm -hmm. right that those parts, you know, whether it's mad or they were sad or they didn't trust or all of the above, it's the fact that you made a commitment to say, okay, I see now that you have some apprehension about why I'm here. And maybe I need to check that. What is my intention here to get rid of you? That's mm. not going to happen. Be like cutting off your arm. These parts of you exist. We cannot, uh, you know, forget, we cannot unexperience what happened to those parts of us as much as <laughs> we would love you know, that movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with Jim Carrey, just go in and scrub out one little spot. Mm. But if I, if I asked you if that meant also getting rid of all of the things you've learned as a result, would you be willing to scrub it out? And some answers are yes. You know, it doesn't make it any more true. But, but most people reflect on it and say, no, because there's such a deep wisdom now. Yeah. to my system as a result of those experiences. So it's just unskilled. You hadn't, nobody showed you, and maybe I'm reaching here or guessing, so correct me if I'm wrong, but nobody showed you how to get with them until you went in to do these different modalities and start to work with it. Nobody before now said, hey, that was really hard and heavy what you went through and it shouldn't have happened. So let's go through it. Hmm. Let's hold it. Let's get with it. Let's look at it. Let's listen to it. Let's feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of it too, is just that I was trying to, um, you know, instead of doing that, sitting back and letting whatever version needed to come forward on that day, I was just trying to connect to all of them. And that, mm -hmm. you know, I'm surprised that didn't put me to sleep. <laughs> like that wasn't too overwhelming. Um, 
yeah, yeah that just that, that urgency like a, <laughs> that's cute we'll <laughs> yeah we'll be over here you keep breathing though don't even you know <laughs> no that's exactly it <laughs> yeah 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 oh man yeah all right so before we get into these rapid fire questions is there um I, this has been fantastic but is there anything that you feel like uh needs to be said or anything that wasn't mentioned to, that you would like to add I love I love the offering of that and just, you know, that immediately connected, you know, into the, that heart space um, that, that that you're not alone. You're not wrong. You're not bad. You're not flawed. You're not unfixable. In fact, you don't need to be fixable. Right. That um, that there is there's a reason you're hearing this now. There's a reason that this conversation has drawn you in and, and to just trust that, you know, there's infinite support below you. I personally believe that gravity exists to call us home to mother earth every moment of every day. And there is air that meets your skin in the way that holds it all together. So you don't have to, right. That these survival mechanisms that these parts of you are really intended towards the greater good of your survival. And, and that effort shows how much you matter. Mm. you know so just to let that land and and there is there's so much wisdom in your body it's just that maybe you've there's been some blocks there and you get this is an opportunity to work on them um but but safety definitely does come first and riding that ship um depends on 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 that safety anchoring into the safety and attuning to before you try to try to push past. So just really, really anchoring in that that point as well. Yeah, I love that. All right, you ready for some rapid fire questions? I, I'm going to do my best because <laughs> listen, when I have to think fast, I used to be a fast thinker. It's I can remember so funny. Like listen to Eckhart Tolle. I could read Eckhart Tolle all day long. Was fascinated by his offerings. I would listen to him, and it was like slow motion death. I was like, I can't, <laughs> it's so slow, right? I was just so used to that mm. chaotic rapid fire was, is a good word for it. And now my pace is slow and intentional and all, all that. I'm going to do my best, but, okay. but if I pause, I, I don't want to lose credit here. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Um, all right. So the first one is what is one of the most difficult lessons you've had to learn, or you're maybe still learning on your healing journey? <laughs> one uh, <laughs> just for today <laughs> probably um in the interpersonal work with my own son that I cannot do it for him mm. and that trickles into my work like it's so much easier with clients right I heard it the other day a client is a client when a client chooses to be a client mm. right? when somebody shows up to do the work when they want that it used to be there was a time when, when, you know, if they paid their skin in the game, they'd show up. That's not, people are like, I don't care if I paid it. I'm not going right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but the, it was harder and still is a work in progress for me to like close friends, chosen family, family, my own son, you can't do it for other people. Mm. You can't. Yeah. I feel that. Um, what has been the most helpful tool for you? on, on your journey, whether it's, uh, 
breathwork or a book or some other resource or a person. I love that you named all of those and it's actually (laughs) the opposite. It's rest. Mm. The most resourceful tool I have is the lulls between doing the getting with my beingness on a level that, that allows me to actually feel and heal and clear so that I can do it again. Mm. I need to hear that today too. (laughs) (laughs) I should slap that on a bumper sticker. Like slow the F down. Um, what is a message that you feel called to share with your inner child today? Oh, she's just the sweetest thing in the world (laughs) and fiery and, and great in all the ways, but just honoring her perseverance to make it through, to come back, to come back home, to connect to me and this body that she wasn't welcome in for a long time and just deep appreciation and gratitude for the way that she shows up in my work with others and helping hold them. So often I'll send her in and she connects with another person's inner child that they didn't have access to allowing safety for that to unfold. Yeah. She's a, she is a precious force to be reckoned with and and the messiest best parts of me yeah wow and what a beautiful thought to just have you know inner children connecting with each other I love that um what is a message you feel called to share with the version of you that existed this time last year What was last year? Shoot. Time? What is time? (laughs) Hold on. I got to think about it. Where are we at? 2021. Uh, You're not halfway through of of this pandemic, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, like it was like March to like September. We're like, we're going to get through this, you know, and this time last year it was like, we're halfway there. I just know it. No, 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 no. Uh, No, I would say um, keep keeping the Uh, integrity of your gifts as the priority. Mm. This time last year was, was the finishing of a lot of, actually, no, that was two years ago, but, but completion of a lot of things for me. And um, I had set out, you know, I I quit my full-time job to do this work full-time and it was, it was working and it was, it was, um, you know, taking off and, and all it was successful and all of those things. And, um, there was a, a moment where I could keep chasing or I could settle into the knowing and I chose the knowing. So it's like that, just that affirmation that she was choosing, right. That that would be the, that would be the thing. Keep doing Mm -hmm. what you're doing. Mm -hmm. All right. Last one. Um, what would you say to someone that's at just the very beginning of their healing journey and is feeling very lost and overwhelmed and unsure? Yeah. Um, take the long way around, Hmm. you know, don't try to jump on the, the super highway or the fastest train to get there. Uh, take, take the, the route that isn't the easiest. Um, and it feels hard because it is hard and that's a judgment, you know, um, that it's, that there aren't, uh, it was my old mentor say, there's no shortcuts. There's only long cuts, <laughs> you know, 
um, and really just just committing to it, including the breaks, including the rest, including the lulls. Get a guide, get a coach, get a therapist, have a, a community that you can tap into when you're splayed wide open that helps you hold those shards of, of broken feelings, right? Um, and don't quit and don't give up because on the other side of this is an unfolding, a blooming into what you were sent here to be. And that is why you even considered healing in the first place. Mm. So remembering. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a really great place to end it. Um, yeah. Where, where can people find you and how can they work with you? Yeah, I um. So my website is uncontrollablyme.com. Instagram is, is, is my jam. That's where I live. It is uh, at uncontrollably underscore me, two L's and uncontrollably. Uh, you can look me up, Tracy Holmeyer. I um, do group work. I do one-on-one work. I do uh, retreats, all of the things. It's all in my bio on Insta or um, on my website as well. Uh, yeah, just, and just reach out. I, I really, I have solid boundaries. So I know people are like, Oh, I don't want to bother, you know, like, Oh, I'm just curious, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm responsible for my boundaries, so I will protect and maintain them. So if you're curious, reach out and ask, you know, and see, see what's there. I, um, I'm, I'm pretty good about checking social media. And I say that because most people are on the opposite of, like I'm on there too much, you know, <laughs> uh, but I do try to check in there. I get energized by the connections because I curated my feet as a, like to create that result. Mm. I don't feel drained when I do social media. Um, sure. You can loop in it, you know, when I reach for it and I'm like, I'm just here to scroll like, okay, wait, check the intention, back it up sister. Like what's happening here. Uh, but uh, I love, you know, kind of connecting and, and sharing wisdom and things like that. Um, and I do have, uh, if somebody's starting out their healing journey or, or completely in it, it's a beautiful offering. If journaling is, um, something that you're into, I, a friend of mine and I created and published a, a journal prompt journal. Um, it's about, I think it's 108 pages of which we have a hundred journal prompts to, to utilize on the following pages. There's artwork, um, as well, and that you can do it in the e-version, uh, download it and, and use that if you, if you work that way, or there's a hard copy version you can purchase online as well. Um, and, and that's pretty, um, provocative of, of like, where you need to go. You know, sometimes we sit down to journal and we're like, uh, I don't know what I want to write for Once I, this pen hits the paper, it's going to be 30 pages later. Right. I don't have time for that right now. So, so, you know, flipping through there and picking out a journal prompt, um, can be super useful too. So yeah, one-on-ones, um, I do community breathwork sessions that are, that are, um, really reasonably priced. If, if that's where you need to start out, I also offer sliding scales and payment plans for things and stuff like that. So I'm here for the healing. Awesome. Yeah. And just want to reiterate what I said at the beginning that like, this is not working with you is not something that I can really explain. Like you just kind of have to experience it. <laughs> just give it a try. Just give it a just try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And recognition that I'm not for everybody and, and those that I am not for keep looking and keep, keep finding who is a fit for you. You know, there's, I have, I have fired 
clients and I have opted to not work with clients. And, and then there is a, a, a succinct knowing when we get on and it's like, oh yeah, this is a fit for me. It goes both ways, right? We have that integrity of, of who we're working with and why and what the goals are and all that. So, so just keep working at it and looking at it and all that. And thank you so much for having me. You know, it's like, like I said, in the beginning, watching your process and your unfolding and then to get to jam with you on some of these things is really, it's really fun. I loved it. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate you um, spending some time with me. Yeah, yeah, one-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say thank you again to Tracy for joining me today. Uh, there's a few places in the audio where my dogs are being just doing the most, either shaking or drinking or possibly whining because it was their dinner time, so... Uh, apologies for all the puppy noises. Um, thank you so much to everyone who continues to show up and listen. I really appreciate your support. I have like a solid listener base of uh, about 15 people now, and I'm so grateful for every single one of you. Uh, shout out to Jess Walker for the cover art. Shout out to Doug Halliday for the music. You can now leave a five-star review on Spotify. So if you could please leave a five-star review wherever you listen, I would be so grateful it would help me reach more people, um, which is ultimately what I'm trying to do here is uh, hope that this reaches whoever it needs to reach when it needs to reach them. And five-star reviews will help me do that. So thank you again. Thank you in advance for the five-star review. And I will see you all next time. <laughs>